that's a type of innovation which doesn't necessarily have a new technology embedded in it, could perhaps even have a bigger impact than the next solar panel or new material or something which is technology-based. We should be thinking in an innovative way, but innovation isn't always something that needs to be invented. Hello and welcome back to the final episode of our current season of Creating Green Cities, a podcast by Ecologic Institute as part of the Naturevation Project. Urban nature-based solutions are diverse. They can be used for different purposes and at different levels to bring social, environmental and economic benefits. The last four episodes have given us an insight into how and where such measures are used in Europe. We've looked at the assessment methods available, the role of governance strategies and why a suitable business model is crucial for the successful implementation of nature-based solutions. In this episode, we want to let all our previous guests from this season share their insights again about their experiences with nature-based solutions. We'll be hearing from Gabino Caballo from the municipality of Barcelona, who's overseeing the city's tree master plan. Tanya Hasselmark-Mason and Michaela Gomez from the Swedish Green Roof Institute, who gave us some insights on the pioneering eco-district Augustenborg in Malmö. Hans Pigels, who initiated the Food for Good project, a combination of a community garden and a care farm in Utrecht. And Logan Strenchok from Budapest, who spoke to us about the rooftop garden on the Central European University campus. The topic we're focusing on today is innovation. When we talk about innovation in the context of nature-based solutions, we might refer to technological innovation or product and process innovation. This could be, for example, a design for a green bus stop that serves as an element of urban stormwater infrastructure or a low-maintenance green roof that requires minimal irrigation and care. Another type of nature-based innovation is called ecological innovation. This term refers to the creation of new natural spaces – or, for example, restoring existing ecosystems. These solutions could be conducted in a novel way or use known methods, but be innovative due to being applied in a new context. Implementing nature-based solutions may also require introducing social innovations, such as new modes of collaboration, innovative business models, or promoting changes to cultural frameworks and preferences. Finally, system innovations can occur in interventions which aim to create a systemic change and enable technological, ecological and social innovations and interactions between them. An example of such an intervention can be an urban master plan that aims to mainstream multifunctional nature-based solutions to address a variety of urban challenges across the entire city. Despite the multiple functions and benefits delivered by nature-based solutions, their use in cities remains limited compared to the more traditional grey infrastructure solutions. Innovative governance approaches, business models, collaboration modes and institutional settings are all needed to promote nature-based solutions as an integral part of urban planning and fill the gaps where grey infrastructure approaches are falling short. To bring those definitions to life, we asked our guests to tell us more about the innovative elements of the urban nature projects they're working on. In Barcelona, the city is experimenting with the use of structural soil, an example of a technological innovation. Gabino Caballo from the municipality of Barcelona explains. 
Structural soil, as we understand it, is a soil that has a useful volume of soil for trees, but that also can be compacted to engineering standards. It's not like gardening soil. It's a kind of soil or substrate that is designed to take a load to allow vehicles and people to move and circulate above it but at the same time offers the tree the opportunity to find nutrients and air and water in such a way that can develop its root system naturally. So we are now experimenting and we're trying different ways to implement the structural soils and ways of planting that involve creating permeable surfaces above trees and around tree pits. Even the idea of tree pit we want to change. We want to make tree pits bigger, more generous, maybe plant other things in them, distribute them in a different way in the city. And our main experimental line is that there are other areas um, related to um, the plant material, the way you supply trees, but we are leaving that to the suppliers. The, the bit we're working with ourselves, we're trying to improve definitely and experiment a little bit. It's um, proving the quality of soil we're planting in. Uh, it's all about structural soil and combining sustainable uh, drainage systems with structural soil and making sure that trees can breathe and get water in a more natural way when we plant them. But we still have no results to speak of, so to speak. We're trying to move forward, but um, it's actually proving quite difficult. As we can see, the urban green experts in Barcelona are trying to refine a specific product in order to be able to bring more nature to densely built-up urban areas. In the case of the Food for Good initiative in Utrecht, it's the social innovation that's at the heart of the project. We asked Hans Pigels to tell us more. I think the key innovation of Food for Good is combining this community garden aspect with the care farm and that you get a combination. You get the people, they get in a garden, people which are a reflection of society. So that helps a lot for integrating to handling ideas you have over each other. And then you create a group of all these different people together. And that's thing I think is very special, very innovative. Being innovative is not always easy, especially the cooperation between public institutions and non-public initiatives and projects brings many challenges. Food for Good has an impact on 12 areas of the local government of Utrecht, but each area works independently from the others, making it very difficult to fund and implement the project. Hans's story shows that navigating existing institutional structures may make it hard to implement innovative ideas – in fact, this is likely exactly where there is a great need for structural changes and innovation. Hans tells us more about his personal experiences. The innovation which is needed to support those new integral concepts, which are a lot different things, uh, not only gardening, but a lot of other initiatives, uh, where the human scale is back again. It's uh, about being human again, connecting in a group of people which are so different and not put away in uh, you are you have that label or you are that label, but putting all those people together in the green surroundings, that is very uh, appreciated. We also did a lot of schools, like natural playgrounds for kids at schools. That concept is really landed. Now every school wants to do something in green. That innovation landed, but the innovation in more integral working together between a government and initiative, that's really a big challenge. I challenged the local government because of these 12 domains, the value created over 12 domains. We did this investment together with the local government. And I said to them, okay, now you have to tell me what's food for good worth for the local government. And I want one answer. 
not this domain, this, this domain, that, but one answer. But this idea to change it in the, in the system of a local municipality, that it takes years. And the effect is that all these initiatives which are doing what everyone wants, but the system cannot support them, and then they all get burned out, they get tired, and they stop. There are really investments about all these social entrepreneurs who don't make it. They get, uh, we call it in Dutch, veren in the raid. You know what it means? It means like you put some, uh, you really say, yeah, you're doing well, you're doing well, keep on going, keep on going, but you don't get any support because you know you're doing the right thing. Uh, you keep on going. But at the end, those people, they all stop or get sick or get ill. That's a big challenge we are working on with a bigger group of social entrepreneurs because you throw away so much money. For me, it's easier. It's so much easier to stop food for good and say, I skip it. I go to the next uh, big city and I start over again. That's a lot easier to throw everything created, throw it away and start over again. I do not describe the innovation of food for good. I describe now the difficulties innovative projects have to keep on existing and to find stakeholders who want them, support them for a longer term. And not only for, okay, you have something for a few months for this project or for a year. That's the innovation we have to still complete with each other. Hans's observations show us that the implementation of truly innovative ideas may be slowed down or hindered by rigid institutional settings. And public sector innovation may be required to support private ideas and initiatives that aim to make cities green. In the pioneering eco-district Augustenburg in Malmö, technological, ecological and social innovations were introduced together to create a systemic change. We try to incorporate solar panels um, and use of cleaner energy where we can. Um, there's also a lot of tests that have been going on in the area, and that's in terms of recycling um, in the area. Um, and not just recycling of waste, but recycling of water. That's what makes the area really innovative is that they're also always trying to test new things that are not just being used in Malmö, but that are also then being spread to the rest of Sweden. The social and governance components are just as important to the success of the project as the technological innovation, as Tanya Hasselmark-Mason and Micaela Gomez point out. Oh, well, I, I just come back to the social aspects or the involvement of the inhabitants all the time and the way that the municipality housing company, sometimes, of course, with support from the municipality, involve the inhabitants, communicate to them what they're doing, why they're doing it, make the kids in the schools in the neighborhood feel proud of what they have here um, and so on. Being innovative does not always mean creating a unique new product or process. Sometimes it's simply enough to fall back on already existing solutions. You can still be innovative with these solutions by using them in a strategic way or in a new context. This is what the term ecological innovation refers to, the creation of new green spaces, the management of existing green urban areas and restoration of ecosystems to ensure those areas can perform specific functions or deliver the desired benefits. Logan Strenchok was involved in the construction of a roof garden on the Central European University campus in Budapest. The idea of the roof garden has been around for many years and is nothing fundamentally new. The innovation was introducing the green roof in this specific context and setting. I'm going to be honest and say, frankly, turning a traditional rooftop space into a 
an accessible green rooftop or even growing vegetables and plants and having plants extensively growing on a rooftop is not necessarily innovative. If innovative only means that it's something that doesn't happen so frequently, I don't necessarily consider that true innovation because it's not necessarily something new either. And the actual fact is that the design of these type of spaces isn't so costly and isn't so complex that it can't be done everywhere. This type of rooftop growing can be repeated on many different types of buildings and can be repeated extensively in cities without necessarily having huge amounts of money or a significant amount of of additional investment. It needs to be prioritized in some ways and uh, there needs to be a spread of knowledge on how to do this, but it's completely possible in almost every setting. So innovation in that sense, in case of our project, was being one of the first examples to kind of stick our neck out and, and do something that was already quite achievable for us. So the innovation and in being bold enough to do it, but it wasn't necessarily creating something completely on our own. It's not the most complex technology or engineering exercise to try to achieve. I'm saying that not being negative. I'm saying that as far as this is being good news, it's something that's completely achievable at a, at a mass scale of using rooftops or thinking of redesigning rooftops or retrofitting rooftops so they serve more of a purpose than just being a black tar-covered empty space like most of the rooftops are now. It's still a novel idea and perhaps the innovation is in spreading this concept, which is proven, but it's not inventing something from nothing. It's out there, it's proven, it's ready to be repeated. Maybe the innovation comes in coming up with new ways to incentivize it and getting new stakeholders interested. But the technology, the practice is not something new. It can be, it's well established, it's just waiting to be spread. Logan wants to challenge what we understand under the term innovation. We're focusing so much on innovation. We love the buzzword innovation, whether it's related to sustainable development policy or whether it's related to entrepreneurship or technological development. Innovation doesn't necessarily have to be a new invention, which hasn't been figured out yet. Innovation could be something as simple as urban policy, which instead of incentivizing a continuous new development or continuous expansion of the built up areas, incentivizing retrofitting or land sparing, or not, build, not, not converting the few natural spaces which exist into something that is more built up. That's a type of innovation which doesn't necessarily have something, uh, a new technology embedded in it, could perhaps even have a bigger impact than the next solar panel or new material or something which is technology-based. We should be thinking in an innovative way, but innovation isn't always something that needs to be invented. It could just be rethinking already existing policies and especially paying more attention to nature and aiming to reduce this separation which we have created around us between humans and nature. So we don't need to necessarily be looking to uh, what hasn't been invented yet to think innovatively. Innovation could be already proven actions which could be from the recent past or even from a long time ago as well. The examples discussed in today's episode provide us with plenty of food for thought. As we saw, innovation is a broad term that includes different types of actions. Moreover, innovative actions don't exist in a vacuum. Sometimes unique and new ideas need a supportive environment to thrive or they can be slowed down in systems that don't favour innovation. 
projects that plan for systemic innovations, introducing novel technological, social and ecological elements in a coordinated manner, may have the greatest chance of success. In the five episodes of the Creating Green Cities podcast, we've explored different aspects of urban nature. We'd like to thank our interview partners for their interesting stories, which gave us insights into the implementation of nature-based solutions in European cities. If you'd like to explore this complex topic of nature-based innovations in more depth, we invite you to sign up to the Urban Nature online course at the Coursera platform, which was developed as part of the Naturevation project. The course also covers the other topics introduced in our podcast, such as governance, business models and assessment methods. For further information, visit the website of the European Commission-funded research project, Naturevation, at www.naturevation.eu. This was the last episode of this podcast for now, but please do subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be informed as soon as we launch a new season. Thank you for tuning in.